Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA's Monday with Miles, Speaking of Precision. Joining me today is Carly Kistler-Miller, and we are going to discuss OSHA inspection priorities. Thanks, Miles. Before we get started, I am going to share a little something about you that most people don't know. Carly, you promised. Now, I never break a promise, but this is actually a good thing for people to know, because on Fridays, Veronica, who's here in the PMPA office, goes on to the OSHA site to find all the violations for the week and then shares that with you, and then... Miles will look for our members, and if any of our members are on that violation list, he will actually call them and offer up help. They don't have to call us. Miles is calling them to offer up help. It's true. We're proactive about this. Occupational safety is serious. We value our performers. We can't afford to lose a performer due to some silliness based on carelessness or an unsafe action. If we see a PMPA member listed on the OSHA inspection list weekly, I personally call them their contact to offer assistance. I know many a member have taken you up on that assistance too, and I've heard the gratitude come through the phone as well. But it's just one of those extra benefits for our PMPA members. Okay, now that I've taken us off topic, I'm going to bring us back. And I believe you told me that OSHA revised its inspection priority weighting system in late 2019, right? Yes, they did. And this is one of the few few areas where I actually agree with OSHA thinking. OSHA identified two objectives for revising their inspection priorities. To continue to develop and support the management system so that they focus their enforcement activities on more critical and more strategic areas where the agency's efforts could actually have the most impact. How could you not agree with that? That makes perfect sense. The other objective that they identified was to further promote the appropriate allocation of resources to support OSHA's balanced approach to promoting safe and healthy workplaces. And it's pretty hard to find fault with that. And one of the evidences I see that they're actually successful in that is each year I look at the summary of the top 10 OSHA violations that, that they publish. And in the last two years, the top 10 violations have been equally split between general business and construction. Prior to that, there was a lot more general industry violations than construction. So I do see that OSHA is trying to be balanced and their enforcement results certainly indicate that. So I think this is a good step. And I'm, as I said, I'm I'm pleased to acknowledge that I actually agree with it. (laughs) I'm sure everyone's pleased to hear that too. So how do these words, how do these objectives affect our shops? Well, they've made a priority system with five groups unimaginatively labeled A through E. And these groups are assigned based on uh, risk or priority. And so group A is assigned seven enforcement units 
And these group A kind of uh, violations or, or opportunities to inspect, they're the ones that OSHA sees as the most time intensive and the highest priority in inspections. So what's considered in group A? Group A would be a criminal case, very significant cases, loss of life uh, is, could be A, multiple loss of life could be A, fatalities also come out in group B. Uh, but criminal cases, uh, egregious violation of the law, failure to even attempt to maintain a safe workplace, you can bet your bottom dollar that that'll get seven enforcement units assigned and you're going to be uh, well inspected by the time this process is over. And Group B? Group B has a weighting of five enforcement units, and these are high priority, complex hazards, and an example of that might be the inspection following a fatality or a catastrophe, a refinery fire, that kind of thing. Chemical plants and process safety management inspections would all fall under Group B because of the high potential for risk. Okay, so that's A and B. How about Group C? So Group C is, I'm going to say it's the boring work. Group C is weighted with three enforcement units, and these are the regularly scheduled programming, as they used to say on TV. The programmed inspections follow a routine um, established program at OSHA for hazards that are among the leading causes of death in the workplace. OSHA from time to time will develop a, an enforcement priority and this group C on a programmed inspection, they'll actually make one aspect of that programmed inspection to go after whatever the, the current high priority item may be. Typically those are leading causes of death in the workplace such as? Caught in hazards, pinch points, we used to call it, but in construction, trenching, having the walls fall down because you didn't have proper barricading, uh, equipment operations, oil and gas, electrical hazards, uh, construction again, hitting and overhead power lines, but failure to lock out, tag out could be an issue for uh, people in, in our shops, in our industries. Similarly, electrical wiring is uh, another thing that they pay attention to in our shops. Falling, slips and falls has always been a leading violation or, or cause of violations identified by OSHA every year. Now they're looking at that from falling from heights and scaffolds, elevating walking services. That sounds like construction, but on, in our floors with slippery shops, Maybe we're retrieving materials or tools or paperwork even from a mezzanine. This can apply to us. And finally, struck by hazards. That yellow shirt may keep you safe on the highway, but if you're not paying attention, the yellow shirt won't make you any safer when you get backed into by a forklift in the shop. <laughs> that makes a very good point. And brings us to Group D. So Group D is weighted with two enforcement units, and that includes programmed inspections that are established for priority hazards that are somewhat time intensive and are a high priority. This might include inspections for novel hazards and programmed inspections undertaken 
in conjunction with an established enforcement policy addressing associated serious safety and health hazards. And what are those? Amputation hazards. Mm. When you come into work, when you leave work, you should have all your parts. Combustible dust. Combustible dust, if it combusts, could lead to all the problems we listed earlier. Ergonomics. There can be heat hazards, federal agency mandated inspections, workplace violence hazards, whether or not you're complying with permits in confined spaces. That generally doesn't apply to us, but if someone's doing maintenance in cleaning equipment, it just might apply. Also, this could involve personal sampling, whether for air contaminants or for noise, and there can be site-specific targeting. And then the final group, Group E. So when we're working with tariffs, there's always a classification called NEC, not elsewhere classified. <laughs> Welcome to Group E. It's all others. It's the catch-all. It is. Anything that we didn't list already, probably Group E. The good news is, at only one enforcement unit, you're probably not going to have a personal visit anytime soon for a Group E uh, matter. So what can our shops do to prepare? I've always thought that the hallmark of great management, of great leadership, is the ability to anticipate. You can intelligently manage your company's risk of OSHA enforcement and OSHA penalties by anticipating what would they want if they came to visit your shop. Ask yourself these three questions and then figure out what's the best way for you to demonstrate that you have an answer. Do you have a process for managing safety? I have a lot of friends who like to be proud and say they're this or they're that. And my response to them is, is there enough evidence to convict? Is there enough evidence to convict you of having a system and process for effectively managing safety in your shop? Once you've determined the answer to that, the next question is, is that process for managing safety followed? Show me. Show me that that process is followed. And finally, is that process effective? Do you have documents that provide evidence that your process is working and that it's effective? As employers, we have a general obligation, a general duty to maintain a safe workplace. Now more than ever, it's important that we take this responsibility seriously. Words to live by. Thanks, Carly. Thank you for joining me. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org and don't forget to join me next Monday on Monday with Miles, speaking of precision. <laughs>